Well, let's get started this morning. I want to look at the book of Jonah, chapter 1 today. We did look at this a while back, but I think it's been quite some time. Um, And uh, anyway, regardless of that fact, I felt like that's where we should be this morning. Kind of the, the, the trend in today's thoughts is disobedience to God or running from God. We're going to read here in the book of Jonah, chapter 1. I'm going to read through, I guess, the entire first chapter. And probably look at just the first few verses of chapter 2. So if you can uh, follow along, if you like, Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1 probably pause and talk about it here briefly as we go through. Let us pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, we're asking for your help this morning, that you would guide the words, guide the thoughts, that you'd help me this morning, as I would say the things that you'd have me to. We're asking for your presence to be among us today and speak to our hearts the truth from your words, that they would uh, be real to us today and speak to our hearts because of you making them alive in us. Asking that you would push back anything that would be a distraction or a disturbance today and that you would uh, be in control here this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jonah chapter 1 and verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise and go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. First thing I want to point out this morning is that God was speaking to Jonah in this verse. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. God was speaking to him. I want to ask you this morning to think about this today. Has God spoken to you? Is there anything in in your life that he has asked you to do? Has the light come on and you've realized that this is the direction that God would have you to go? For Jonah today, in these first two uh, verses, God God said that he wanted Jonah to go down to Nineveh because they were very, very wicked. I also like to ask you this morning, if God asked you to go to some place that was not too pleasant, how would you think about that? How would you consider that? Would you even consider it? Now, I don't know where the bad place is or where you don't want to be, but I would, I would venture to say this morning, based on these verses, that Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. We're getting ready to find that out, actually. He didn't want to go. My family's not from there. They're really awful people. I don't want anything to do with them. Verse 3, But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Key thing to, to, to take out of this here is from the presence of the Lord. Just quickly this morning, if God asks us to do something and He is speaking into our hearts and lives and we choose to walk away from that, we're walking away from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Again, 
from the presence of the Lord. We see today that Jonah found himself at a Y in the road, at a point of decision making. He has to choose. Do I obey God? Do I follow in the way that I know that this is what God wants me to do? Or do I run into the darkness? Away from the presence of God. I think that's very clear this morning. From the presence of God. Today, we're in the same, uh, you know, we, we would come into the same decision, point of decision. Do we do what God wants or do we run into the darkness? Verse 4, but the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and there was a mighty tempest on the sea so that the ship was about to be broken up. Verse 5, then the mariners, or those that work with the ship, were afraid. And every man cried out to his God and threw the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten the load. But Jonah had gone down into the lowest parts of the ship, had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came to him and said to him, what do you mean, sleeper? Arise, call on your God. Perhaps your God will consider us so that we may not perish. Verse 7, and they said, one, they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots, that we may know for whose cause this trouble has come upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Verse 8, then they said to him, Please tell us, for whose cause is the trouble? Is this trouble upon us? What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And of what people are you? Verse 9. So he said to them, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. Verse 10. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said unto him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. <clears throat> then they said to him, let me pause right here and back up. It says here, they knew that he fled from the presence of God because he had told them. You probably have to leave that door open. That thing's messed up from the rain. Thank you. Wanted to point out there the, the there in verse eleven that he had um sorry, in verse ten says, For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. The thing I want us to understand today is Jonah didn't Jonah didn't have some kind of foggy idea of what was right or wrong. He knew what was right. He knew what, what God had asked him to do. And he furthermore knew that he was walking away from the presence. Actually, he was running. That's what fleeing is. He was running away from the presence of God. He knew it to the point that he had told these guys that that's what he was doing. That's deliberate disobedience to God. 
God says, go to Nineveh. Jonah says, I don't want to do that. I'm running the other way. Keep going with the story here. Verse 11, then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may be calm for us? For the sea was growing more tempestuous, was getting worse. Verse 12, and he said to them, pick me up and throw me into the sea. Then the sea will become calm for you. For I know that this great tempest is because of me. Nevertheless, the men rode hard to return to land, but they could not, for the sea continued to grow more tempestuous against them. Therefore, they cried out to the Lord and said, We pray, O Lord, please do not let us perish for this man's life and do not charge us with innocent blood. For you, O Lord, for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. So they picked up Jonah and threw him into the sea and the sea ceased or stopped from its raging. Then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice to the Lord and took vows or promises. Verse 17. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. We'll finish reading here. Chapter 2 and verse 1. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. I believe that is a reference to hell. I'm going to go ahead and read verses 3 and 4. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yet I will look again towards your holy temple. couple things that to look at as we as we reflect on this scripture and this decision of Jonah we have already mentioned that he was at a crossroads or a point of decision a why in the road to choose does he go to the direction of obedience to God to walk into the light of understanding this is what God wants in my life or does he run into the darkness away from the presence of God I think that the, it would be worthy noting here that this uh, uh, Jonah was considered a prophet and uh, which would be, uh, we could reference kind of like a preacher, one that is spreading or sharing God's word to the people. So even at the point of being one that shares truth with others, that shares God's word with others, he chose to go the wrong way. Just because someone preaches God's word just because God uh, just because someone uh, shares God's word doesn't mean that they're not faced with the same decisions to choose right and choose wrong and Jonah chose the wrong way another thing I'd like to point out this morning as we look at this point of decision that he came to he obviously chose uh, the wrong way 
And from there, it was a continual downward spiral in his life. He went there. The scripture actually says that instead of going towards Nineveh, where God would have him to, that he went down to Joppa. If you read further there, as we did, it says he went from there, he went down into the ship. As we progressed a little farther, you will see that he went down into the water. And the last part that we read there, we see that he went down into the belly of the fish. And I'm not going to stay here real long this morning because this is kind of obvious to us today. We realize that if we choose to go the wrong way, if you're running into the darkness, if there is no light, it will be a continual downward spiral in our lives. And you guys know my testimony and how that has happened in my life. And no doubt many of you have have walked down those same pathways of disobedience to God in running as fast as we can away from the light. And it is a downward, downward slope, just as it was for Jonah. Furthermore, I want to point out today that just because Jonah went down, just because he chose to walk away from God, did it mean that God was not faithful? It didn't mean that God was not uh, that God didn't have mercy on his soul. And just like many of us and many in our families and many in our communities, God is faithful, even though those pathways have led down, down, down. The last few verses that we read today, you will see that that uh, actually, I want to back up just before that. In the first chapter, you will see that God's faithfulness was first evidence in bringing or allowing the storm. You say, I don't like thinking about that this morning. And I can tell you, I don't, say, I don't think that I really like to think about it either. But regardless of what we think about it and how we, how we view storms and difficulties and troubles that would come into our lives and our families' lives, God many times is using those things to get attention. You see, if God was a God that would allow Jonah to say, you know what? Okay, you want to run away from me? You want to leave my presence? You want to choose a way of disobedience to me? And God would have just said, you know what? Hands off then. You go do what you want. I'm going to let you go to Tarshish if you want to. I'm going to let you go get into the boat and get some sleep if you want to. Jonah would have continued in a direction of disobedience that would have sent his soul to hell. But you see, it was a merciful God that said, you know what, if I can allow some trouble in his life, if I can bring some storms into his life, if I can bring some people into his life, if I can bring a big ocean into his life and a fish into his life, he just might Repent. And move forward in a direction of forgiveness, in a direction of of embracing eternal life. 
So in short today, I want us to realize God's faithfulness in the storms. I don't know, I think about this today. I think about how some people used to pray and how some people probably still pray. God, I don't care what has to happen. Just please allow them to come to you. Allow them to have another opportunity. And you see, when we pray like that, we're, we're basically saying, God, I don't care if they have a flat tire. I don't care if the transmission goes out. I don't care if you bring them to a point that they are so sick that they are tired of running from your presence. I don't know about you, but I used to not like it when people would pray like that. Not for me. <laughs> but you know what? In the time that we live in, when life is so short, and we realize that we don't have time to goof off and play around and run away from God and His presence, that we would maybe be well to pray like that more often. And to say to God, God, I'm not praying that everything will be roses and, and birthday parties in their life. I'm praying that you will bring some things into their life that will cause them to come to the realization that they need God. And if they don't change, they will die and go to hell. If we continue on into chapter 2, as I began to mention earlier, we see God's faithfulness that it, when, when Jonah was at that low, low point in his life, he had went down to, to Tarshish. He went down into the ship. He had went down into the ocean. He had went down into the belly of the whale. And he was whale or shit, fish, sorry. And he was uh, at the low, low point in his life. And it is right there that we see that as he cried out to God for forgiveness and he cried out to God, that God was there to answer. Thank God for his faithfulness to answer us in those deep, dark, bottom places where we find ourselves. Those places where we have run in the darkness so far away from God, disobedience to him, a place of ev where everything is broken, relationships are broken, and, 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 and trust is broken. Our body is broken and our mind is broken. Thank the Lord that He is faithful to answer our cry at that point. It said there in verse 2 of chapter 2, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. Because of the trouble, I cried out to God and He heard me. As we think about Jonah and his decision to, to run away from God, to run away from his presence. As we think about our own lives and, and how maybe uh, we're at a point of, of decision this morning. At this point in our life, as we sense that God wants us to, to move forward in a direction of, 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 of 
accepting forgiveness, of repentance, or maybe an area of of ask, uh, God says, I want you to, to go here. See, this thing progresses much farther than just at the... This is, this is Jonah, as we understand as a preacher, that had been, I assume, at, before this point, was making right choices, was following God, was walking in the light, doing what God wanted. And there came a crossroads or a point in his life that he said, you know what? I'm not doing it. And he backed up and ran into the darkness. You see, this thing of, of following God is, is following. It's, it's walking. It's not just, you know, he, he saves us and cleans us up and, and sets us there and we're, bam, everything's good. You know, we're completely done. And No, this is something that it's a, it's a walk of obedience, a thing of stepping forward. That's what faith is, right? Stepping forward in, in belief and trusting God. And it's something that is a, a walk. Now there's something that really stands out to me and kind of is the is the the like package that I want us to take home from this today in this story. So I, we could have spent quite a bit of time on Jonah, but I wanted to bring this as a context as we move now into James chapter 1 in the New Testament, James chapter 1 and verse 16. to reflect on these verses today. We're going to read just, just a few verses here in, in James, I guess about 10. James chapter 1 and starting with verse 16. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. James starts off with a reading today and says, don't be tricked. Don't be tricked, brothers and sisters. So it starts off. Verse 17. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation of shadow of turning. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. He says here in 17, Every good gift, every good thing that we have, every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights. The things that we have been blessed with, the good things that happen in our lives, the things that we've just been grateful for in our time of testimony, a time of giving thanksgiving to God. Verse 18, of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. I want you to think about this morning the big picture of everything that God created. When God created this world, if you read in Genesis, you will see that he created the fish, and he created the birds, and he created the, the, the insects, and he created the, all the animals that are on land, and then he created people, humans. 
And James is reflecting on that and says that we would that he he created us by his own will because he wanted to. And then he says, why that we might be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. What is the first fruit? Could be. In this, in this, in this reference of first fruits, think about the garden that you're planting. Think about the apple tree that you planted four years ago and you're waiting for the first fruit. Think about when the tomato plant comes up and, and you've been waiting all summer. And finally, there's a ripe tomato. That's the first fruit. It's the first fruit. It's the first fruit that comes on the vine. And that's normally a thing that, that the person that had planted that looks forward to it. It's something that they, they, they really enjoy. Being able to go out into the garden or, or into the, the, where the fruit trees are and, and enjoy the first fruits. Most people don't sell the first fruits. They enjoy them themselves, right? Some people might, but I know if I have, if that's the first apple on that tree that I've been, I'm going to make sure it's safe for everybody else to eat. I'm going to try it first. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so James is talking about this, this reference of first fruit and saying that of all the creatures that God created, he chose us to be a kind of first fruit. Something that would, that would be uh, a pleasure to him. Something that he would enjoy. We're going to keep reading because it will explain uh, this first fruit thing, I believe, to us this morning. James 1 and verse 19. So then... My beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. This is pretty plain, right? It says if you're, uh, he says here, my beloved brethren, or my dear people, let every one be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to getting angry. This sounds like something our mom or grandma would remind us of, right? Just remember to keep your mouth shut. And uh, don't get angry too quick. And paying attention, to uh, be quick to listen, right? Verse 20, For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Basically, the fruit of, of uh, being angry and wrathful doesn't bring forth the fruit that God wants. Let's keep going here. Verse 21, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. James says here, lay aside or put down the filthiness.
the wickedness and receive the word of God. The implanted part references into our heart, which is able to save our souls. Verse 22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Be not, I'm sorry, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. Think about Jonah this morning. The word of God came to him. That's what the scripture says. He was not a doer of the word. He was only a hearer. The word did not change his life in that it would cause him to walk in in a direction of obeying it. He was just a hearer. Verse 23, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He says the person that just hears what God has to say and does not do it, does not listen to it, is like a person that looks in the mirror, they see the toothpaste or they see the, the, the food stuck to their face, they walk away from the mirror and they forget all about it. It has no impact. It didn't change them even enough to wipe the food off their face. Verse 25, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. You see the difference here. He says the one that looks into God's law, the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. They're walking in the direction of obedience to God. Listening to what he has, walking in the light. It says, not forgetting what God says, but listening. It impacts him so greatly or her so greatly that when they hear that God speaks to them and says, I want you to do it, they do it. It changes their life. They don't forget it. He says, this one will be blessed in what he does. Verse 26, if anyone among you thinks he's religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Boy, this one gets real down plain. No messing around here. He says, if you think you're a Christian or you think you've got some kind of religion and you can't even control your tongue. He says you're deceiving your own heart and your religion is useless. In other words, it's nothing. Verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. He moves forward and he says, you want to know what what pure and undefiled religion is? It's when, when, uh, and he says before God, he said the thing it is, it is to visit those that need help and to help those that are in trouble and then close it up to keep oneself unspotted from the world. 
This is the picture that we're seeing this morning in looking at, at, at Jonah and looking at James uh, uh, in the first chapter today. We're seeing that God does not, uh, is not okay with some kind of like, he tells us what to do and then we don't do it and he backs up and says, okay, well, I guess you don't really have to do it that way. I can use you over in Tarshish. It doesn't work that way. God says, I want you to go to Nineveh. Then you go to Nineveh. There is no other way. There is no other way around the the mountain to the other side or anything it's you do what god says or it's not it's an area of disobedience and darkness there is no such thing as saying that i'm a christian saying that i'm religious saying that i have god and filth and uncontrolled things coming out of my mouth and out of my heart and out of my life it has nothing to do with that. God has nothing to do with that. Now, we did see that his faithfulness is there to allow storms to come into our lives, to allow trouble to come in, to wake us up because he's merciful. If we continue on in a place like that, we'll die and go to hell and burn there for eternity. It is that simple. And yet a God that is merciful enough to say, you know what? It's not that way. It's not true. And I still love you. Enough to send a little bit of trouble. Some big trouble. A God that's faithful enough to say that if you want to know what true religion is, what true Christianity is, it's something that does not even have a spot of this world on it. God doesn't have fellowship with darkness. He doesn't live in some kind of some kind of, uh, of uh, 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 human person or or individual that is half ugly and wicked and half clean. You see, so. What I'm getting to this morning is God's faithfulness in the, in the story of Jonah to be real with our hearts. To be real enough to say that when I talk to you, when I speak to you through my word, through the preaching, through my creation, through your conscience, and when I speak to you and my word comes to you, you have no other choice if you're going to remain in light. If you're going to remain in a relationship that is unbroken between you and God. There is no other way. God is being faithful this morning to allow us to see that through the story of Jonah. Otherwise, the story of Jonah would have went some other way. Where uh, Jonah realizes that God wants him to go to Nineveh and he walks away. And he says, you know what, God, whoa, 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 whoa. You know what, they're not even my people. I don't like the way they smell. I don't like the way they talk. I don't like the things they do. I don't want nothing to do with Nineveh. And you know what, if you would have created me uh, differently, then maybe I would have went down to Nineveh. But you know what, you didn't make me a Ninevite, so I'm not going to Nineveh. And you can fill in your own blank on whatever's in your life that we would argue with God and say, you know what, I'm not doing it. And we would take off in a direction of disobedience. And then we would have some kind, of, some kind of story that ends with Jonah drowning in the middle of the ocean. And God somehow puts flowers on his and he's in heaven. 
Deep down inside, we know that's not true. Shame on us for thinking that we could, that we could come take face to face with the God that loves us, that has brought us His Word. We realize what He wants us to do, and we would turn and run into the darkness and think that we would be okay. God's more just than that. God's more holy than that. And God loves us more than that. And so the simple reminder this morning is just to remind us to evaluate ourselves honestly. When we look in the mirror, when we look at God's word, when we, become, when we come face to face with truth, when we realize that this is where the way that God wants us to go, how do we respond? Do we buy into some kind of lie that we can shift off to the side and get around it a little bit, run down towards Tarsus a little bit and be okay? Or do we realize that God requires us to obey Him if we're going to remain in the light? Lord, help us today to be for real. I had four things today that I wanted to, that would help us as we think about this process. This this process of Jonah and this picture of how does God want us to respond to his truth. And it's simply, first of all, that we're at a moment of decision. If you're not there today, you will be soon. This is not something that, you know, you, you get a free pass and you get to do what there's going to be a point that you have to make a decision. Am I going to go the way that that the world is pulling me, that the family is pulling me, or am I going to do what God says to do? Am I going to go the way that feels good, looks good, whatever, or am I going to do what God says? Even at the point of a preacher, one that is sharing God's word, the the decision will still come. Do I give in and go in with go ahead with what's what's being pushed around me? Do I say, yeah, it's okay when God says it's not? Or do I walk in obedience to God and say what He wants, what He says? So first is the decision. The second is if we choose to walk away from God, then it is a downward spiral. The third thing is to remember today that after that downward spiral, when, our, when, our, when we walk away from God, we walk out of His presence. That God is faithful there that will forgive and give deliverance if we'll just turn to Him. And the last thing this morning is to remember to be doers. Of the word. I think that a lot of us would would say, you know what? First of all, I'm safe because there's no big ocean in Rincon. Second of all, I'm safe, there's no big fish in Rincon. 
And then we would say, you know what? The third thing is, I'm not running from God. That sounds pretty logical to me. So I might be safe. The first two, we just would have missed the whole point. That God brings storms into our life to, uh, to, because he's merciful to us. The second one today, or the third one, is that we remember that it doesn't have to be where we're actually running away from God. We carried over to the book of James, and it could simply be that when we, when we see the mirror, right? Think of the mirror. God's word, truth, that we turn away from it. We walk out of our time of devotions. We walk out of the presence of God. We walk out of the church and we decide to walk our own way. We, have, we, we don't even remember. That is the danger today. That we would have the privilege of coming in contact with God's word on a daily basis. God's word is all around us. It's probably hanging on your wall. Where grandma has put it on the wall. Or somebody has given you something and it has a scripture verse on it. It's in our life. Everyone has Bibles in your home. We come to church and we hear it. God speaks to us in, the, in our travels and in the places. The, the things we come in contact with. His creation. You see it on TikTok. You see it on Facebook. It's all around us. Let's not get so busy, so tied up with stuff that's going on, drama, that we neglect to let it impact our life. I I think this, just to say it real clear, this does no good at all if it doesn't change our life. What is the good? It's a waste of time. If, this, if, if, if I come in contact with God's word and I still talk like a, talk like a wicked person and I still treat people like, like an evil person would and trash still falls out of my mouth and I still live like an ungodly, full of darkness person, then it's a waste of time. It's not that way. It changes our life as we allow it to, as we walk in obedience to it. All right, I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop beating the horse. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word today. Lord, I, 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 I don't even know why we're talking about this today other than the fact that you have put it on my heart in a real way throughout the night last night that this is how real it is. We must realize the importance of coming in contact face to face with your word and let it change our life. Lord, help us today to realize that truth, that it would, that it would burn through the confusion, the distractions, and that we'd realize that obedience to you and your word is the only way through Jesus Christ. We love you today. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your help. 
be with us in the time of fellowship throughout this week, that we would be challenged to draw close to you, to be obedient to you, to walk in the light in every area. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.